You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Welcome, first of all, our online campus to uh, this morning of, of worship. Uh, we're talking today about humility. We're talking about something that is so vital to a Christian and our walk with Jesus because Jesus was a humble vessel. Amen? But the problem that we all have as we navigate through, through life is uh, we want to do life our way. I don't know about you, but I'm going to speak for myself. I, I have to work through humbling myself because a lot of times I want to do things the way that I want to do things. And I was raised uh, in a machismo, Hispanic family that men kind of thought that they ruled the roost until their wives got home, but they thought that for a moment. <laughs> right? But, uh, but there's, there's just... These songs that kind of permeate our lives, there was a guy by the name of Frank Sinatra. Anyone know Old Blue Eyes? And Frank Sinatra made a song famous. He said, I did it my way, right? I did it my way. And that's kind of the, 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 the mindset of people in general. But the problem with doing things my way is that it is not God's way. When we live our lives my way, we actually make ourselves Lord instead of submitting to the Lordship of Christ. And one of the things that Jesus teaches me is that he came to do the will of the Father. And he teaches us that he humbled himself and became like us, though he was God. And he did things uh, according to the Father's will and not our will. And when we do those kinds of things, it really helps us to navigate in a way where God is shaping our lives. Now, there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of things that are going on in our world right now that make us want to take things into our own hands. Amen? The, the things that are going on uh, politically, the things that are going on in, in our world, you just want to take things into your own hand and, 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 and just kind of put your boots on by the, by the bootstraps and say, I'm going to take care of this. But the reality is we need to trust God in the process. Do you believe that? That we can trust Jesus in the process of life. And, and when we allow him to be Lord, things, and let me put it this way, good things happen. We're, we're in the, the, the narrative of the gospel of John. And we're coming to a place where, again, John the Baptist comes on the scene. And when he comes on the scene, he says some words that are very important to us. He says, as Jesus becomes more prominent, John the Baptist said, as he was being questioned by his followers, his disciples, Jesus said, that's good that Jesus is becoming more prominent because he must increase and I must decrease. That's the word of the day today. For us, we must allow Christ to increase. And we have to take the, the humble path where we decrease. But this is a hard pill for us to swallow. 
Because all of us have an innate song in our hearts that says, I want to do things my way, right? But that's not God's way. So I, I believe that as we go through this message that we are going to be introduced or we're going to be saturated with truth that will help us to make Jesus Lord. You know, you see it all through scripture. Thomas, the disciple, they call him Doubting Thomas. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I see the, the holes in the, in, in the hands of Jesus and the, and the hole in his side. I'm not going to believe. But when he saw the proof that Jesus was alive, he said something that is very important. He said, my Lord and my, and my God. He, and he submitted himself to the Lordship of Christ. Sometimes, and there may be someone in here that you need proof in your life that Jesus is alive. Let me tell you, he'll show you he's alive. You say, Lord, show me, he will. Many of us have a testimony of saying, Lord, I, I, I won't believe unless you show me. And guess what? He's alive. He'll show you. And, and so as we begin to allow that to happen, we open up our hearts to him. He will make himself real. So we're going to uh, chapter 3, verse 22 through 30. And we're going to start at verse 22. So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open to your Bible. If you don't have a Bible app, go to your Bible app. If you don't have your Bible, wonderful. We have it on your outline. But I, I believe that we need to be people of the word. Amen? The word of God never changes. Our opinions and our feelings change daily. But the word of God never changes. This is how it starts. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea. And there he was spending time with them and baptizing. Now John was also baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was an abundance of water there and people were coming and being baptized for John had not yet been thrown into prison. What does that last, uh, what does that last verse mean? John had not been thrown into prison. What does it mean? John had not been thrown into prison. Come on, you don't, you don't have to know Greek to know that. So John would be thrown into prison because he took a stand for what God takes a stand in. Verse 25, then a matter of dispute developed on the parts of John's disciples, and that's important. Circle that in your outline. John's disciples, we all have followers, right? John's disciples with, with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi means teacher, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified. And let's just pause right there. Remember, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming and he testified. He said, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he testified that this was the Messiah that was to come. Behold, he is baptizing and all the people are coming to him. And John replied to his disciples, he said, a person can receive not even one thing unless it has been given to him from heaven. That's a very important piece of scripture. So everything we have has been given to us by, by God. Everything, our popularity, our network, uh, uh, our, our material wealth, every, every blessing has been bestowed by God. Good old America. I love the United States of America, but, but, but the blessing of God has been on our country. And without the blessing of God, we're doomed. Amen? We need Jesus to be the everything of our life. Verse 28, you yourselves are my witnesses that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. 
He who has the bride is a groom, but the friend of the groom who stands and listens to him rejoices greatly because of the groom's voice. Let's pause right there again. Ephesians chapter 5 teaches us that Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the bride. We, the, if you're married here, you are a parallel of how we're supposed to uh, be with Jesus loving the church and giving his, himself up for her and the church submitting herself to Jesus because he's Lord. So marriage is a, is a picture of that, and, and we see that in Scripture. Verse uh, 30, he must, or let me go back. Uh, so this joy of, of mine has been made full. That's a very important Scripture. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase in our lives, but in order for God to increase in our lives, we have to decrease. And that's our prayer today, that, that we will continue to allow Jesus to increase so that we will decrease. Now, there are indicators. There are indicators that tell us that Jesus is increasing in our lives. We see them in Scripture. But we should also see them lived out in our life. Amen? Here, here's the first indicator. See, when Jesus is increasing in your life, you're more interested in people following Jesus than people following you. And we're fed, hear me now, we're fed a false notion that the more followers we have, the better we are. Social media feeds a false notion that the more followers that you have, the more popular that you are, the happier that you are. But what I've come to find out in this age that we're living in, that there's a lot of people that can have a lot of friends on Facebook. They're the most loneliest people when you come to know them. See, we're not called to have followers. We're called to lead people to be Jesus followers. We're called by God to lead people to Jesus and not to us. People get depressed. People take their lives because they put all their identity in people following them and people liking them. If you have social media, you know what this is all about. You put a post up and you just wait for the likes you wait for the hearts. You wait for the comments saying, oh, that really touched my heart. Amen. Glory to God. All these different things. Oh, I love your kids. They're so beautiful. What I love about social media is, is, uh, is I can put my pictures of my kids, pictures of me and my wife. Uh, we'll get a lot of likes. We'll get a lot of, oh, 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 they're so beautiful. I'll put scripture. I'll get three. Right? You guys may feel my pain. You, you put scripture, you get five likes. You put your picture of your kids, you get 100. And the reason for that is because God is teaching us that we have to decrease and we need to let God increase. Now, that's not the world's way. That's, that, what that should teach us is that is not the world's way. The world's way is the world wants you to increase and God to decrease. 
In fact, let's take God out of, out of Christmas. Let's take, God out of, let's take God out of Easter. Let's take God out of, you know, all the different holidays or holy days from God. Let's remove him and let's let people increase. Let's let God decrease. The problem with that is when God decreases in our life, our hope decreases. Our peace decreases. Our joy decreases. All of the things that are vital to us decrease. But when God increases, great things happen. Now notice, John's disciples in verse 25, John's disciples, they came to, to, to John and they said to him, Rabbi, you know, that guy that, that was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, he's baptizing and all the people are coming to him. They had a real hard time with all the people coming to Jesus instead of them coming to John the Baptist. Why? Because it was getting into their popularity. See, John the Baptist did not come to be popular. He came to be used as a vessel of God. That's a very important thing for us to grab a hold of. If you're living your life to be popular, then you're going to have to, you're going to push the things of God aside sometimes because your popularity is going to be worth more to you than making Jesus popular. Paul writing to Timothy, he said, anyone who, who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. Everyone that chooses to walk for the walk and live in the things of God, you will be persecuted because the world, sometimes it goes against the grain of the ways of the world. The Bible says, do not conform to the world's way, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind into a new, into a new creation, into who you are in Christ. And when you do that, when you're transformed, guess what happens? You let God increase and you have to decrease. And that's something that's vital to every one of us. If you want to walk in the attributes of God, you've got to allow Jesus to increase in your life. Now, when Jesus increases in your life, guess what? Love increases in your life. You'll love me more. You'll forgive me more. I'm talking about me because we all need it. I, I will love you more. I will forgive you more. Have you ever had a problem with someone? Has someone just kind of gone under your skin? This service doesn't start, you don't struggle with it. Second service, oh my goodness. We'll have to open up the altar. But the reality, we all have these problems, but the reason that we have that problem is because we make it about me. You hurt me. You did me wrong. Look at what you've done. Look at what it's doing to me. Instead of saying, Lord Jesus, thank you for allowing me to suffer for your glory. Lord God, thank you for calling me worthy to be able to be a representative of you. Lord, give me the ability by your Holy Spirit to be empowered and lead people to follow you. Let me tell you, people are looking to see how we respond. Amen? And God, as he increases, we see his will be done. You see... Um, I love the way the message paraphrase puts it. Same, same, same uh, verses goes like this. They, his disciples, John's disciples, came to John and said, Rabbi, you know the one who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you authorized with your witness? That's a pretty powerful statement. 
the one that you put your stamp of approval, that he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That one right there, look at what it says. Well, he's now competing with us. He's baptizing too, and everyone's going to him instead of us. What can we take away from John's response and his attitude? John the Baptist always knew that it's never a competition we have with Jesus. We have, we will never compete with God. Amen? John the Baptist knew his role. How many of us that are sitting right here in this service, how many of you that are sitting on your couch or you're listening, maybe driving, how many of you know your role with God? You know, my role with, with God is, is, is for me to bring him glory. It is for me to point people to him. This, you know what I've learned in a great exp, uh, exponential way in the last two years? You know what I've learned? That I am not anybody's answer. I'm not the answer. Pastor, pastor, can you help me with this? Pastor, pastor, can, can, can you pray for me? Pastor, pastor, can you, can, will you please do this for me? I, in fact, I, I had a wonderful brother in Christ call me from California yesterday. We had this long discussion. Young man, very influential in, in where he's, what he's doing right now. And he, we called, we talked, he said, pastor, I need some help. Will you, will you, will you please pray with me about this situation? And, I, and as we talked, one of the things that stood out is I said to him, you know what, I'm not the answer. I can support you, I can pray for you, I can encourage you, I can be a source of strength, but I'm not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. See, I don't need people following me because I'll lead them astray. I need people following Jesus because he never will. Are you with me? You, you want to take the burden off yourself, parents, that you're trying to navigate your, your, your children, your, you know, your grandchildren, they're going through difficulties, whatever it may be. You want to take the pressure off of you? You're not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And the more that you default to pointing people to Jesus, the more you understand it's not a competition. We're not competing. I'm not competing with the church down the street. I'm with the church down the street. We're standing together pointing people to Jesus. Living Word Chapel is not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And as long as we keep him on the throne, good things happen. Amen? It's when we take him off the throne that bad things begin to happen. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he said this. He said, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. In other words, if, I, if I'm following the, the, the example of Jesus, you can follow my example, but we're really looking to Christ. Are you with me? The good that I do is for the glory of God. The bad, bad that I do is forgiven by God, and I need his forgiveness all the time. I'm going to say that again. The good that I did is for the glory of God. The bad that I do every week is there for God to forgive me because I am not the answer Jesus is. First service, you need to know that. I'm just a man who every morning has to get up praying to the same God that you pray to. Every evening, I thank the same God that you thank for getting you through the day. All of us are in this together. He just gave me the, the ability by his grace, because I'm not very good at it, gave me the ability to come and talk 
and to share the love of Jesus in that. But the reality is we're all, we are in this together. And the Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen? Here's the second thing that is, um, that is second indicator. You serve others with your God-given gift. Everyone has a gift in here. Every one of you in here is gifted by God so that you can make your world, your family, and your church a better place. The great thinker, Albert Einstein, genius, he said this, only a life lived in serving others is a life worth living. Only a life that is used to serve others will you find out when it's all said and done that it was worth anything in life. You can acquire wealth. You can acquire all kinds of academic achievements. You can acquire all kinds of accolades. But I'm telling you what, at the end of the day, people aren't going to remember that. What they're going to remember is how you treated them and how you made them better. Amen? When, when people speak about us, my prayer is that people will speak, man, that church sure shows that they love people by what they do. Their actions show that they care about others. Because here's the thing, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for people. Amen? A serving church is a growing church. A serving church shows that Jesus is increasing in their life and they're decreasing. Hear me now. If you don't serve, you make everything about yourself. And there's a difference between serving for money and serving because you're doing it for God. When you do it for God, you're doing it, Lord, it's for your glory. It's for you to be glorified. Every one of us and every one of us should be serving somewhere. And maybe you're, you're here today and you're like, well, I'm not ready for that. That's okay. That's okay. But let me tell you something, that if you are a Jesus follower, you're called to serve somewhere. Because many hands make the work light. And the things that we've been able to accomplish, the things that we've been able to accomplish going into different communities and serving our cities has made people know that we are the real thing, that we care about people, that Jesus is real, that it's not about the four walls. The church is, see, see, here's the thing that we've learned. It doesn't matter what happens in a church building. What, what matters is what happens in a church person. And a church person will never be shut down because Jesus is alive. And he dwells in every one of us. And, and he's called every one of us to serve. You will never increase in Jesus not serving. You never will. God didn't call you to sit in a pew. God didn't call you to sit on a couch. You will never grow sitting on a pew and you'll never, well, let me, let me rephrase that. You'll never grow sitting on a couch, but you will grow, but not in God. <laughs> and, and two things, two things will keep us from, from increasing in our life with God. The first thing is, is not serving others with your God-given gift. You can't grow in Jesus if you don't serve like Jesus. I said this, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to 
to serve. So here's what I would say. Make a choice to not live your life without exercising your God-given gift. And you'll never find your God-given gift until you start serving. You start serving, you go to, to greeting, you, you go work in, 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 or go serve in the, in, in, with the children, you, you can serve as a, as a parking attendant, you can serve on our safety team, you can serve in a lot of different places. But I'm telling you, when you start serving, you're going to say, well, this is probably not my gift, I'm going to serve here, but I, I see myself serving here. And you see your gift starting to rise up. Amen? Here's another important thing. It doesn't matter how young you are and it doesn't matter how old you are. God will use you. King David was very young when God started using him. Samuel was called when he was very young. And yet Moses, Moses did not see the, the greatness of his service until he was 80 years old. So it doesn't matter what your age is. What, what matters is your willingness to use your gift. What I love so much about our praise and worship, what I love so much about our praise and worship is you see young people and you see young older people. <laughs> Amen? Was that, was that smart right there? You, you, you see young people serving, but you see young older people serving too because we need each other. I think it's a grave mistake for, for, for people to, to put themselves and categorize themselves in age groups and just have this different age. No, no, no. The youngs need the olds just like the olds need the young. I need young people in my life because young people bring a, a whole different mindset. I need that. I need older people in my life because they bring a, a whole different mindset. You know me, I'm in my prime, so... You might, you might need that. Here, here's the second, the second thing that will keep you from growing. Um, chasing your own glory with your God-given gift. And we have to be careful about that. That's, that's a temptation that all of us have. We have to serve God in 3G. You ever heard about that? We have to serve God in 3G. The three G's are this, give God glory. How do you serve God? In 3G. We give God glory. John understood this. He replied, a person cannot receive not even one thing unless it has been given to him from heaven. John understood that everything that he was doing, all the baptisms that he did, were because God gave him that influence. Hear me now. I need to understand that, that everything, R1K, reach 1,000 people. Look at, look at what God does. God's faithful. But it's not for us, it's for him. And, and when God increases and increases and increases, and think with me, beloved, this is important. When God begins to allow the world to get scattered and shattered, when all this begins to happen, guess what happens? They begin to cry out, God, if you're real, show me. And God's people got to be ready. God's people got to be ready not to make followers, but to lead them to be Jesus followers. Not to receive glory, but to give God glory. He went on, you yourselves are my witnesses. I said, I'm not the Christ, but I've been, I've been sent ahead of him. John understood that everything, everything that he received was from God. Do, do, do you remember when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he says, you need to be born from above? 
need to be born again. John the Baptist, what did he say? My gifts come from above. So when you're born again, here's the thing. God gifts you. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to be better. He wants your families to make it. He, he wants for your communities to be better. But they cannot be better without him. And that's why God's people should be excited. We should be saying, what an opportunity for us to give God glory. For his peace to reside in us. Throughout our lives... God gives every person a platform. He's given us a network. He gives us a network of people to serve and for us to, to, to be a blessing to. Think about it. You have people in your life that others don't. And those people have been placed in your life. I see this to my adult children all the time. Those people that are in your life that God has brought into your life are there for a reason. God placed them there so that you can bring them to Jesus. That network that you have. God, God's given, uh, you know, we have seasons of popularity. We see that in the scriptures. Did you know Jesus was real popular when he was feeding 5,000 and 4,000 people? Did you know that? But did you know that Jesus' popularity ran out? Did you know that? His popularity, he went from, he went from, from climax, everyone's woohoo, we want to make him king. Remember last week we talked about that many people began to trust in him, but Jesus said, I don't trust people because people are what? Fickle. And so there's sometimes that you're real popular and everybody's real, they're excited about you. And then there's times where that popularity runs out. Amen. But here's the thing. If God is with you, he will see us through every season of our lives. Monetary blessings. There are times in our life when God blesses you monetarily. Just with a show of hands, has God blessed you monetarily? He's blessed me. I live better than a lot of people all over the world. And here's what I've learned. Monetarily, I live a lot better since my kids have grown up. <laughs> because I don't know about your kids, but my kids were like those little birds. Chirp, 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 chirp. I was... <laughs> and, then and then your kids become adults and they begin to, to have professions and and it's crazy because we go out to eat, and, and I don't know about you, but my kids, it's amazing. Dad, I got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'll get it this time. I'll get it this time. No, 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 Dad. Dad, I got it. Okay. <laughs> but, but I want you to think about this, beloved. This is so important. So God blesses us monetarily. God blesses us with our network. God blesses us with all kinds of things. But here's what I know for sure, that we come into this life with nothing. And we leave this life with nothing. So what you do and what I do in this life matters. And what matters, thank you, Holy Spirit. What matters is for us to make Jesus famous.
And we do that by serving others. And so guess what? We can't do that without taking a step. Amen? We've got to take a step. Let me read these two scriptures, and I'm going to give you a, a, a little, little step to take, okay? Um, in the message paraphrase, again, it says this in verse 27 and 28. It's not, a, it's not possible for a person to succeed, and this is John talking. I'm talking about eternal success without heaven's help. He says, you yourselves, you, you were there when I made, pu- made it public that I was not the Messiah, but simply the one sent ahead of him to get things ready. What, what John understood is that success in, in life, eternal success, only comes by serving the purposes of God. Amen? And understanding that we're not called to be number one. Because when we're number one, it makes us full of ourselves. And when we're full of ourselves, we're not full of God. And when we're full of ourselves, bad things happen. But when we're full of God, great things happen. So the disciples are a perfect testimony of this in Luke's gospel. The only time, one of the only times that you see them arguing, why were they arguing? They were arguing about who was greater than the other. Let's, let's read it in scripture. Luke 22, verse 24 through 26. Then they, the disciples, began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. And Jesus told them, in, in this world, the, the kings and great men lord it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it, is, it will be very different. Those who are the greatest among you should be, should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. And so what we need to grab a hold of for for all of us is the more that we serve the things of God, the greater we become for the glory of God. Are you with me? The, The more we serve the things of God, the greater we become for the glory of God. And so Easter, let's just suppose and believe, let's just suppose and believe that we have 600 people come out to our Easter services. Can God do that? The, the God that I serve, I know he can. Okay, so there's 600 people that are, that, are, that are coming. So we have to make a choice today, those of us that are walking in his purposes already. Can we serve God on that day and make their, their, their stay with us at Living Word Chapel one that they'll never forget? Here's another important thing. We as God's people, we don't volunteer at a church, we serve Jesus wherever we go. There's a difference. There's a difference. We don't volunteer. Like, look at what I've done. I'm a volunteer. Uh-uh. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And, and so here, here's my question to you. Here, here's my challenge to you. On your, on your outline, right, right where it says, I would like to serve during one of the uh, Easter services. Number one, there's a number right there, 520-436-9656. 520-436-9656. I would love for you to text that 
and say, I will serve. And we'll get back to you. And we, we have places where people need to serve. This is called a text. Text message. I will serve. See how easy we're making it for you? Amen. You guys are like, huh? What? What's he talking about? Here's the third indicator. Here's the third indicator. When you increase in, in Jesus, when you increase in the things of, of, of God, your life is filled with God's joy. Miserable, miserable existence comes from us increasing and letting God decrease in our lives. The more that God increases in our life, the more joy that we have. Amen? I've come to find out that the more I'm filled with Jesus, the more I'm filled with joy. The, 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 the more I let the world and the, my circumstances and my problems take God, try to take God, try to take God, try to pull him away, the more I let that happen, the more that it, take, it steals my joy. There are joy stealers. You guys can probably name some of them. There are, there are things that come, circumstances that come into our life, and they, and they, steal, they rob your joy. But here's the thing. They can only rob your joy if Jesus is decreasing in your life. We need to let him increase. I put here, uh, you'll never experience God's joy when you're, when you're full of yourself. Because when you're full of yourself, there's no room for God. And, and I love what John the Baptist said. Now think about all the pressure that's going on. All his disciples are coming. John was a very popular person. For, for a season in his life, Everyone was coming to him to be baptized. Everyone. Even Jesus. Think about where John was. Now, now he would go to bed, you know. He'd go home. He'd you know, go eat a, 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 you know, a salad with, with locusts on it and grasshoppers. All happy. And he'd be saying, man, that was a good day today. Baptized 250 people. Next day, it was, a good, it was a good day. I baptized 300 people. Next day, I, ba- I baptized 400 people, and, and, and one of them was Jesus. But he knew that without Jesus becoming greater, he would never be filled with the joy of God. Hear me now. If your joy is missing in your life, it's because Jesus is not the most important thing in your life. Are you with me? I can guarantee you this. If Jesus becomes the primary in your life, his joy will be with you no matter what you're facing. And no matter what we're going through, God is there. The disciples, they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. You remember that? Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay, pray like this. Father, our Father who art in heaven. They were like, what? We're going to call God Father? Our Father, we're in the family, right? We're born again. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed and holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Right here in Oracle, as it is in heaven. 
right here in Saddlebrook Ranch as it is in heaven, right here in Eagle Crest as it is in heaven, right here in Saddlebrook uh, as it is in heaven, right here in, in Samuel as it is in heaven, right here in, in Mammoth as it is in heaven, right here in, in uh, Kearney, Winkleman, Hayden as it is in heaven. See, what you're doing is that you're submitting to the lordship of God. And when you do, beloved, it's so important. When you do, you will be filled with his joy. You and I will never be filled with joy until we decrease and let Jesus increase. You will never, never, never be content if you're trying to make followers. We're supposed to make Jesus followers because he's worthy of it. We are 3G servers. We serve to give God glory. Now as I close the service, there's someone in here that God has spoken to your heart. And maybe Jesus has not been the primary source of your life, but today you, you just feel that it's time for you to make him Lord. You want to say yes to Jesus being the Lord of everything in your life. And if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, just pray this prayer with me. God, I am tired of trying to do life on my own. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of trying to make people uh, change in my own ability. Today, I give it all to you. Today, I admit, Lord, that I fall short of your glory. I admit that I'm a sinner. But I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I put my faith in him. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary. He died for all of my sins. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so I confess him as my Lord. Say that with me. I confess Jesus as my Lord and I choose to follow him from this day forward in Jesus' holy and precious name. And everyone said amen and amen. And if you prayed that prayer, just look at me real quick. If you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand so that God will see that you're making him the Lord of your life. Beautiful. I love that. Anyone else, just say, I'm making Jesus the Lord. Amen. Amen. I see your hand in the back, bro. Praise the Lord for that. Wonderful. Wonderful. There's nothing greater than that. Now, remember the text message? Send it. We need you to help us serve. God wants for you to serve for his glory. Let's all stand up and worship the king. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.